You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an edition of the Locked On Padres podcast, which is part of of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, August 16th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work on places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off the Bench Baseball, or launched a couple months ago, Just Baseball. Great website. Go check that out. We even got merchandise there. I have a staff writer there. Uh, or maybe if pop culture entertainment stuff is more down your lane, you might have found my work at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, Film Crit, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno. And that is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, but only if you feel so inclined, you can hit me up on there with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to get back to you on the old Twitter app, on the Bird app, like, you know with a response or something like that, or maybe even get back to you here on the show. In fact, if you guys send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app and in the little review section description, if you put a question there, it is guaranteed to be answered on the show, basically as fast as I possibly can. I'll try and uh, get those questions answered for you guys. Um, But today's episode, guys, also is brought to you by Locked on M. LB. Join the walking baseball encyclopedia, Paul Francis Sullivan, but please, just just call him Sully. He really likes that. Uh, every day on Lockdown, it will be for a unique look at the majors, both past and present. Featuring exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Lockdown LB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Lockdown LB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts from for your in-depth baseball general coverage, ladies and gentlemen. My guy Sully, absolutely killing it. And uh, let me tell you, this weekend, holy shit. The Padres were not killing it, (laughs) let me tell you. We got a lot to talk about uh, for this Monday episode, and I wasn't expecting to have too much to talk about because we're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. So we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, And we're going to start with each game. We're going to break down each game, Uh, the biggest game probably being Saturday and Sunday's game. Uh, But we're going to talk about that, give my kind of takes on it, and try to be careful, though. Uh, This is one of those uh, episodes where I don't want to get canceled. And I don't mean canceled in a serious way. I mean canceled in the, like, hopefully I don't have a take on here about the Padres that I get cold takes exposed for or anything like that. We'll see how I'm feeling. We'll see how I'm feeling. I guess this is going to be exciting for the both of us, uh, uh, this kind of episode. So let's begin now talking about Friday's game, which was, look, I'm not kidding, guys. This was genuinely a nightmarish weekend for the Padres, and it starts on Friday. They already lost Thursday's game, which wasn't great. 12-3 to uh, after Yu Darvish, which I talked about on Friday's episode, uh, leaves the game early with an injury. It turns out, by the way, Yu Darvish is not expected to make his next scheduled start and is probably heading to the IL, which is just lovely. That makes three starting pitchers in the Padres' rotation on the IL. Chris Paddock, the aforementioned Yu Darvish, and Denelson Lament, who apparently suffered a setback, by the way. 
because why not? Let's just throw all the bad news on us this weekend. Just absolutely nightmarish. So basically, there's only two for sure kind of starters that we know about in the Padres rotation in terms of Snell and Musgrove that are healthy. And then you have Ryan Weathers, but he's been kind of a disaster lately. But I guess he's healthy too. Uh, And we'll get more into that. But yeah, just not a great kind of weekend for the Padres. And it starts with this Friday game, which I was about to get into. They lose to the Dimebacks 3-2 to in a just a backbreaker, right? So the game starts off. You get Dalton Varsho getting a single. Uh, Keltel Marte home run. He crushes a curveball from Blake Snow, which was a little disappointing because I, I thought he was going to lean a little bit more towards just focusing on his four-seam fastball and slider which he didn't exactly do. Now, his final line wasn't terrible. Let me just mention that really quickly. Blake Snell goes five innings, giving up six hits, only leading to two runs, however, which was nice. Walking two and striking out six across 101 total pitches, which was nice. He really dug deep into the game, uh, by his standards anyway. So it wasn't a terrible game by any stretch, but they certainly made some decent contact, especially off that curveball to Cattell Marte. Now, granted, Cattell Marte is one of the best players on the D-backs, one of the better outfielders on all of baseball, so it's okay if, like, you give up one to him, and still, bottom line, he bent but not break. Uh, but in this game, much different pitch mix, right? He only throws one changeup, but he throws 19 curveballs in this one versus just the one that he threw in his last start through 21 sliders, six four-seam fastballs, or I'm sorry, 60 four-seam fastballs, so it wasn't as much just four-seam fastball slider. Uh, maybe that might have been because the D-backs literally just faced Blake Snell not too long ago. In fact, it was just like six days ago. So maybe he wants to actually throw in a little bit more of a pitch mix given the opponent had just faced him. And if that's the case, then that's fine. You know what I mean? But bottom line is it was only two runs. So not terrible for Blake Snell, but not in a super exciting start for us to act like, uh-oh, uh-oh. You know what I mean? He's going nuclear, folks. He's figured it out. It's more of just a start where it's like, eh. He was fine. And honestly, eh, he was fine is kind of the statement that we hope from when it comes to Blake Snell starts these days. So it wasn't that bad. But really, the real damage uh, in this game, aside from Will Myers getting a home run to tie the game in the top of the seventh inning, which is really exciting. Will Myers in this game, by the way, was 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 fantastic. He goes three for four with two RBIs, a double uh, in the game and a home run, uh, which was very nice. Uh, just 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 good stuff for Myers. He basically was the whole offense uh, on that night. Um, what ends up happening is that Craig Stammen, who I often feel is like the sacrificial lamb for the Padres fans sometimes. I mean, this so basically, uh, bottom of the ninth, unfortunately, despite the game being tied, uh, giving up a Dalton Varsho home run, first out of the game, 3-2 count, and just absolutely crushes it to deep right, launches it high up into the heavens. I mean, the Empire State Building, you know what I mean, might not have been as tall and high up in the air as this home run was. Uh, absolutely crushes it. I often feel like Craig Stam is like the sacrificial lamb for blaming bullpen trouble and a guy that we all could just hate on. And it sticks because then, uh, you know, two days later, we'll get to this a little bit, he ends up having to be the starter for the game because, like I said, the whole rotation is depleted. So I felt a little bit bad for Craig Stam, but it really, really was annoying. I mean, the first pitch, I was expecting it to go to extra innings and maybe fight this one off, maybe get a win out of it. I wouldn't have been surprised if they lost, but it was like, I mean, the first batter, man, Dalton Varsho, ah, just absolutely nightmarish. And it was, it was just depressing because you come off of getting your butts kicked on Thursday uh, and having you Darvish go down, you know what I mean? And it being kind of announced that Denelson Lament on Friday has suffered a setback. It was just a week-long setback, but nonetheless, anything relating to Nelson Lament's injuries, every time it gets increased or exacerbated or whatever, makes you nervous and very sad. The guy might just be... Look, like I said at the top of the podcast, I'm worried that I might get old takes exposed, but I really am having a feeling that Denelson Lament might be damaged goods. And that was kind of the feeling early on in the season, just because, 
you know, uh, the fact that it was kind of made aware and reported that basically he didn't want to do the Tommy John surgery and want to kind of, you know, play it out and whatnot. And it looked like it was working for a time. They started using him from the bullpen for two innings, then increasing his workload to three, four, five. He's clearly a starter when he's right, but it's just this might just be the case. And it's not like the guy is only like 23 years old. You know what I mean? So that might just be what Denelson Lamette's future prospects are. And let me tell you, it puts the whole future prospects of the team, not just for right now into question, but also literally next year into question. We'll see how that all pans out, I suppose. But that basically is, is it for uh, the game one. It was it was terrible. It was a terrible way for me to spend my Friday night. And I imagine the same goes for the rest of you guys, too. Um I guess I should uh, just to cheer you up a little bit before we end up talking about the really depressing game. Let me just mention, um, I'm actually going to be writing. I finished my article on Manny Machado. That should be going up on Just Baseball this week. It pro- It isn't up by the time that you're hearing this podcast, but I will be including it. So please check the link descriptions, uh, the links in the description of the podcast every single day to find out when it comes out. It's just waiting for edits and all that. And I'm saying this because I actually am kind of proud of it. I was in a writing mood. And what I mean by that is I was just in a mood because I was writing this and finishing this up during uh, Saturday's game. Uh, So everybody who watched Saturday's game, you know what kind of mood Saturday's game put us Padres fans into. So that's just a little bit of a tease for the Manny Machado propaganda piece that I have coming out this week on Just Baseball. Follow the website and all that stuff. But before we continue talking about this old weekend, ladies and gentlemen, did you know? Did you know? that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? Now, let's be honest. The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and especially more time. You don't stand a chance, but now... Introducing Stat Hero, it's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. Your name, your stakes, winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be one-on-one. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. That's right. They're giving you a 300% match. That's unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. All righty then, everybody. Now with that intermission sort of out of the way, let's, oh boy. And I have a feeling a lot of you. You might be listening right now just being excited for me to talk about Saturday's game because Saturday's game was a nightmare. Saturday's game was Revenge of the Sith. Saturday's game was The Last of Us Part 2 in terms of just being depressed and whatnot. I I might not even say The Last of Us Part 2 because The Last of Us Part 2 is beautiful in in its own ways. A lot more complicated than just something that makes you depressed. It kind of just shatters your heart into a bajillion pieces. Love that game. Uh, And then kind of puts them back together, but then glues them only a little bit, and you know it's never going to be the same again. It's one of those. It's very hard to explain. Everybody go play The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2. Those games rule. But uh, in terms of the game, let's break it down, guys. The Padres lose by a score of 7 to nothing. So not only do they get walked off on, not only do they get their butts kicked with their number one ace, the number one guy in the rotation who also gets hit, uh, injured, I'm sorry, not hit, gets injured uh, in the Thursday game. They come out here on Saturday night, the bright lights, Saturday night lights, as they call it. And they just get completely blanked. And not only do they get blanked just in terms of the scoreboard, ladies and gentlemen, as you may have heard, Mr. Tyler Gilbert throws a no hitter against the Padres, nine innings, no hits, walking three, and striking out five. It was his first major league appearance, ladies and gentlemen. 
as a starter, I should say. He did make a couple appearances in the bullpen before, but his first start in his major league career. A Rule 5 draft guy, which, for those who don't know, basically, to sum it up like this, let's just skip all the Rule 5s and not being an official sort of draft pick, and he basically really was the definition of a nobody, right? And a guy, the last time that it's happened that someone has gotten a no-hitter in their first Major League start, wait for it, drum roll please, wait for it everybody, it was in 1953, Bubbo Holloman. And then before that, Bumpish Jones in 1892. And then before that, Theodore Breitstein, Breitstein, 1891. Oh yeah, guys, it was that bad. And on top of that, it's the worst team in all of baseball that this happened for. That's who just no-hit the Padres. And by the way, if that wasn't enough, the pitcher for the Padres that day, that fateful, fateful Saturday night, was Mr. Joe Musgrove, who in this game, Does not have a good start. He'd been rolling, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, he does not give up a lot of hits. His whip below one. I've talked about this all year. Last bunch of starts. Miami, only one run. Uh, Oakland, only one run. Colorado, just blanks him completely. Miami, again, only two runs. He'd been really reliable for the team. He gets tagged over the course of five innings for ten runs. Or, excuse me, ten hits, which resulted in six total runs, ladies and gentlemen. On top of that... Joe Musgrove is the one, as we all know, that threw the first no-hitter in Padres history. And then the Padres later on that season would get end up getting no-hit themselves in which the guy who threw that no-hitter starts the game. And it's against the worst team in baseball. I tweeted this on Lockdown Padres. I said, what evil genie? Which Padres Ooh, which, which Padres fan got up and made a deal with the evil genie that's like, your team will get the no-hitter, but then as price, they must get uh, no-hit themselves <laughs> by the worst team in the game. And then he didn't specify when. He didn't specify when, but it happened. And that's what might have happened, ladies and gentlemen. Whichever one of you Padres fans out there, you know what I mean? Padres obsessed West, perhaps. I know you like tweeting all the bunch of times. I don't know. There's a lot. I, lo- I love a lot of you guys, by the way, on Padres. Mr. Anthony Burr is, if you're listening, really good friend of the pod. Just all you guys. All you guys. I'm sorry if I'm not mentioning, like, every person listens to the podcast. I love all you guys. Uh, but, you know, just whoever it was, you know, I blame you for this. I blame you for this. But, no, in all, in all seriousness, guys, let's, let's get a little bit, like, dark for a second because it was a terrible loss. Okay? Tommy Pham was the only bright spot getting three walks in the game after kind of lamenting and discussing how he hated that he'd been, you know, not walking lately. And this is the one time when I wish Tommy Pham didn't walk. I wish he got a hit. Um... It was kind of the culmination of all the feelings that I think we've had for a while now. Now, I remember early on, you know, I think around like when we lost to Washington, the the series before the All-Star break, when they had a bad game against Washington, where I was like, look, teams lose to bad teams. It just happens, right? But now we're like a month and a half later after that. And the Padres are still doing this thing where they're losing to poor teams. On top of everything I've already mentioned this podcast, Lamette, you know, setback, Darvish IL, you know, not to mention, by the way, now we've known this for a while, but Adrian Mortajon, I really wish we had him right about now, but he's out for the season with the Tommy John that he got at the very beginning of the season. On top of all that, you know, they didn't necessarily get to trade for another starter. And on top of all that, even more so, Drew Pomerantz is announced that he's out for the season. So right when we add Dan, thank the Lord, we we uh, thank the Friar Lord that we went out and got Daniel Hudson. I should say AJ Preller. I just like saying we. Everybody that hates, by the way, when fans say we, just like grow up you know what i mean like who cares if we say we we feel like we're part of this culture together 
You know what I mean? God forbid. We're the, we're the people helping to pay and make it that sports are even a, a successful business like this. Like, come on. Like, it's not that big of a deal if you say we. You know what I'm saying? I, I just, I've always hated that little gotcha little critique that non-sports fans like to do a whole lot. It's just very weird. And, and honestly, some sports fans too. It's like, all right. All right, Princeton sports major over here, whatever the heck you are, like stop, stop legislating and uh, critiquing and rulifying uh, the rules and stature by which fandom works. I always hate that, but anyway, uh, moving on. It's just been it's just been really rough for the Padres over this stretch, and it's officially reached the point where I don't think it's just like we're having a bad run now. Of course, like I said, afraid of being old takes exposed. The Padres could go out into this next series starting tonight in Colorado, rip off a sweep, they could sweep the Phillies, then they could beat the Dodgers again. It's not impossible. Why not? We've already, we're already 7-3 against them on the year. And then they could start playing okay against the Giants and vice versa, and then we start feeling better. Pham and Grisham could start becoming better offensive players because Pham really has regressed quite a bit over basically since the beginning of July. You know what I mean? I know he's been able to get his walk rate a little bit back up, but we need a little bit more from Tommy Pham. It's just that he'd been good for like not even good, just elite for like two months that we kind of forgot about it. And hopefully Grisham does better. And we did just get Tatis back, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. We're going to try and save uh, the, the most you know happy point for last. But I kind of tweeted about this and being like, it's the fact that, you know, no Scherzer. And I'm not saying they need to do Scherzer. There's still so many variables into this, which I wrote about for Just Baseball, too, if you guys want to go check that out on the website. Um, it's just there, there's still a lot of assets on this team, but it, it makes you think, man. You know who would be great right now? Another starter. You know who would be great now? A spark on the team. They're just not playing like a team at current point. I need to emphasize that because the team still on paper is good. I have no doubt about that. I, hey, Then again, I'm one of those kids who on paper still believes in the Mets, so maybe I'm not the person you should be listening to. But I just think that it's just been an all-season thing. They referenced this on Friday that among all the NL contenders, the team with the worst record against teams with a with a win percentage below 500 is the Padres, and it's even worse right now. I think they were 32 and 27 when I first saw that graphic. Now they're 32 and either 30 or they're 32 and 29. One of the two. It's just bad. It's just really, really bad, and I am questioning what the heck is going on. They make the D-backs look like the 27 Yankees. They make the Rockies look like the 2001 Mariners. It's just insane, and it shouldn't be happening. I'm not saying they had to be the best in the world at slaying these teams like the Dodgers and Giants, but you got to do better than some of these. Even the Atlanta Braves, in the season of hell that they've had, rank higher in that category than us. It's really rough, and I don't know what's going to happen. I really do think that they're in trouble, and I think the Reds can catch up. I've talked about how the Padres, while they currently have an easy schedule, they have Colorado, and then they've got Philly. So the vacation time is about to be over. And then you got Dodgers, like, I think two more times or three more times. I forgot which. And then the Giants four times. All I know is they have a bunch of series against those teams. Not to mention Atlanta isn't terrible. Philly isn't terrible. Uh, They got a couple against the Astros coming up in September. They're a really good team. Not feeling that great right now about the Padres, ladies and gentlemen. It is just not great at all. But I will tell you what I do feel great about, guys. What I do feel great about pretty consistently, what I've been telling you about for the last bunch of months, guys, the best 
protein bars in the world. They are, of course, the built bars, ladies and gentlemen. Soft and easy to chew, covered in 100% chocolate, and they've got such a great variety of flavors, man. Everything from coconut to cherry barcia, cookies and cream, German chocolate, grasshopper, rocky road, and all these limited time flavors that pop up every now and then. They've got something for all the all the times and occasions and whatnot. I bet you they're cooking something up right now for, you know, we're going to be in Halloween soon, so I imagine they've got a good flavor coming out. It's always, you know, kind of everything you could want when it comes to flavors. And on top of it tasting good and having all these flavors, guys, they are, of course, healthy for you. They are protein bars after all. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. What are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And also, guys, let me talk to you about the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season, obviously, in full squeeze, and you can track it all at BetOnline, but they've also got all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including not just baseball, but the NBA, NHL, or UFC MMA action, you know, the NFL, which is going to be starting up soon for all my football heads out there, uh, my football degenerates, because I, Lord knows, not proud of my football addiction these days. Uh, But for all the football fans out there, too, before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest informations don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit remember to use that promo code locked on guys bet online your online sportsbook experts but guys you know as much as we it felt like the empire strikes back and all those other depressing titles that I mentioned before when it came to Saturday's game. As, as bleak as it feels, the end of The Empire Strikes Back does have that nice comforting scene in which Luke and Leia are on the ship looking at the galaxy. You know, kind of little stars in the background and they're on the resistance ships or the rebellion ships. And then they fly off. They're still alive. It's looking really bad. But there's this glimmer of, you know, kind of hope in its own way. It's a little bit of a mellow scene and whatnot. It's a very underrated, beautiful Star Wars moment of just hope. And that's what this game was on Sunday for you, ladies and gentlemen. The Padres win. They avoid the sweep. They win the game 8-2 to two, in which Mr. Craig Stammen, who I mentioned earlier, was kind of like the sacrificial lamb for the team. They just, whenever they need another star, that poor guy gets thrown out there. They don't care. He gets killed and get lit up for four runs, whatever. It's like you're, you're pitching, you, get, you blow the save. Or not the save, but the hold. And when it comes to Friday's game, well, you're, you're starting on Sunday because we have to... Sorry, just uh, just burp there, uh, because we have to have you out there, and that's what happens in this game. But thankfully, he doesn't blow up. Only two innings. He only allows two hits, walks none, and strikes out one batter. It was a full bullpen game. Reese Kinnear comes in this game. Pierce Johnson comes into this game. He does give up a run, but still. Tim Hill comes into the game. Daniel Hudson comes into the game. Only need nine pitches to work through everything that he had to face. Emilio Pagan in this game. Austin Adams to close it out. Technically, he didn't have to, like, you know, he closed out, not a save scenario or whatever, but uh, it was it was a good game for the Padres because most importantly, above all else, I saw I told you they they won eight two, and a lot of that was because El Nino. He's back! He's back! I'm back! He's back! He's back, ladies and gentlemen, and he makes his presence known in this game, guys. I mean, you gotta be kidding me. Four for five with two home runs and a double. That's four RBIs on the day. And it's funny because this was one of those games, and tell me if I'm wrong, right? You felt the energy immediately when Fernando Tatis Jr. got back up because he starts the game off with a double. He starts it off with a double. 
That cannot be forgotten. I know we love the, the double home runs and stuff, but he starts the game off with a double. And I know Adam Frazier then grounds out. Jay Kernwich strikes out, and then Tommy Pham flies out to kind of you know ruin any chance of scoring. And then you're like, oh, there we go. But he's dancing when he's on second base. He does the little you know shimmy thing that he does. Basically, I'm not going to pretend to act like I you know can do anything nearly as cool as he does. Uh, and he does that, and it felt like, all right, this is nice. This feels really good. This feels really, really good. Uh, they don't end up scoring in that situation, but it just felt like, glad to have you back, man. In the top of the third inning, he homers to deep left, absolute moonshot, freak tank, ghost nuclear bomb of a home run that he hits there. And it was funny because I'm watching that. I stand up for a second. I'm doing some work uh, sitting on my, my sofa and all that. And then I stand up while Tatis is batting. He's the only guy that consistently makes me need to stand up when he's batting, unless they're already down by like 10. You know what I mean? I, I usually always have to stand up and like walk around and watch his at bat. I take a bouncy ball and start throwing it against the wall because I'm like hoping that he does something. And he does. He does. He always comes through seemingly this season in just the most spectacular fashion. The man knows how to seize the moment. So he hits a home run there and then we also get in that same inning a home run from Rake Cronenworth who'd been a little bit of a, a mini slump lately. Hadn't been doing all that great. That allows Adam Frazier to also score. So it's 4-1. We're already really excited. Josh Rojas gets a home run in the top bottom of the fifth inning but then the Padres light it up. They blow the game open. It's 4-2 for basically a lot of the rest of the game. And then the top of the eighth inning we get Fernando Tatis Jr. He singles with the base is loaded, allowing Caratini and Trent Grisham to score. Then Jake Cronenworth walks, which allows a run to score. Uh, Will Myers, to be specific. And then Tatis scores on a wild pitch, which is great. Just the whole game kind of blows open. And it was nice considering that Zach Gallen was a starter for this game, who's a pretty good starter for the D-backs, even if he's been really rough uh, this year for the most part. We're starting to question whether or not he is actually very good. I think he is. I think he's just had like a lot of weird injuries and stuff like that. And it's just kind of, it just feels like a lost year from him. But I still think he's got talent for sure. So it was very exciting to see that he didn't have his bounce back, I guess you could say, against the Padres. You got to give um, credit to Tatis here. He was the hero of the day. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Jake Cronenworth does have the three RBIs on the day and the two walks, which is nice. Eric Hosmer even getting in on the action a little bit too, going two for four. Um, it, it was just, it was really nice. And Trent Grisham showing off that on base skills, by the way. Three walks on the day for Trent Grisham. So it was a a very happy, I guess, Padres uh, game in a lot of ways. And look, this, this only slightly salvages the weekend. Let's be honest, though, because what you saw was a very defeated Padres team. Reports that uh, Eric Hosmer gave a speech to the rest of the team. Joe Musgrove was like the last person. Uh, back into the dugout after they threw the no-hitter. And don't, and don't get me wrong, by the way, like, I guess if there's any sort of positive line, if there's any, like, silver lining is the word, right, from Saturday's game, it's that, let's just let's just acknowledge it for a second, it's not like we hate, hate, hate the D-backs. I know they're a divisional rival, but, like, it's not like we hate them. It's kind of similar to the Giants, you know what I mean? They're, they exist and whatnot. I mean, we want to beat them, of course, but it's, like, more of a calm rivalry. It's not like the Dodgers, right? It's really tough to be a D-backs fan right now. Out of all the sports, being a fan of the team that's really bad is rough, 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 man. Because you just feel like you have nothing to look forward to. And the season's long, so you get to watch them just stink it up for, for a long time. So if you guys have any room in your heart, at least it was a team that this is probably going to be the only remaining good thing that happens for them this season. Let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like It's kind of the only thing that they can be excited about. So at least it was a team that 
give them a little, you know what I mean? Like it's, they got their little thing, not to sound too condescending or whatever, but I'm just being honest. The, you know, the D-backs aren't very good. So I look at it that way, but in general, the weekend was just, it was a mess. It was a mess. And I don't know what they're going to do. We're heading to this Rockies series with, with Ryan Weathers expected a start. And he's been terrible lately, giving up eight runs, eight runs, six runs, just getting absolutely lit up. None of his peripherals look good either. Just pull up his scat, stat cast page. Not the only thing he's good at is like, a little bit of fastball velocity, maybe sometimes. I, I don't even know. Like he's just he's just been a really big mess. So the Pirates just have a lot of issues on top of the injuries, on top of Darvish expected to head to the IL, um, on top of Drew Pomeranz being done for the year. Yes, we got Tatis back, but there seem to be so many holes in this team, and it's no longer just one of those things where yes, they've lost to poor teams before, which is what a lot of teams do. You know, even the White Sox apparently I think they've struggled against the Mariners this year, which is definitely not a great team, or they've struggled against is it the Angels or Texas? I forgot which team that the White Sox... And everybody likes the White Sox. They're very good. By the way, White Sox, incredible series against the Yankees. Uh, by the way, with the Field of Dreams game, most highly rated game of the season, by the way, uh, the Field of Dreams game. Just awesome series uh, against the the Yankees. I, I wouldn't mind seeing those two in the ALCS. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But uh, just a really depressing weekend. I don't know exactly where they bounce back from this. You just got to hope that similar to Philly... I'm going to keep making my comparisons to Philly all year long or at least for the rest of the year, because Philly looked down and out, and then all of a sudden they weren't. Part of that is because the Mets fell apart, but Bryce Harper coming back and all this stuff, it, it just bounced back. So if they can rip off a nice win streak, and all of a sudden after all the bad moments that team had, if they can look like they're looking like a pretty surefire uh, contender for a playoff spot at least, granted in a bad division, then why can't the Padres rip off a win streak and kind of put, well, I don't think they're going to win the division, at least put the Reds behind them in the rearview mirror and make the Reds pay for the fact that they didn't do enough at the trade deadline. We complain about the Padres not doing too much, but at least they added Daniel Hudson and Adam Frazier. What'd the Reds do? Nothing. So hopefully they can do that. You still got a guy of hope, but I admit you guys are 100% justified in being very cynical about the team right now. Just don't be too cynical. You know, don't totally give up. You got to stay faithful, guys. You just got it. And yeah, that's basically it for the weekend recap. Hope you enjoyed my kind of surprisingly upbeat. You know, I was a lot more dejected the other day, but that part of that had to do with my ear and just being sad that I didn't get enough work done. But, you know, I'm just trying to keep the faith and hopefully keep you guys entertained. I hope I do a good job at that. But before we close out today's podcast, guys, let me talk to you about the brand new Locked On Bets podcast, guys. If you are betting on the Padres, it doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, for the future of this podcast this week, of course, I'm probably going to talk about my Manny Machado piece, to be honest with you, at some point, just because... I don't know. I don't have really any other things to necessarily talk about right now, but I'm also going to be talking with Millard Thomas of Locked On D-backs, which should be a whole lot of fun. Uh, just kind of, look, I mean, the guy, he's going to want to talk about the no-hitter. What can I say? So getting his perspective on that should be fun for maybe tomorrow's episode or the day after one of the two. Talk about my Manny Machado piece when it does go up on Just Baseball. I will be tweeting about it, so stay tuned for that. And then also, uh, probably later this week, going to be reaching out to Dan Wilson of Locked On Phillies to talk about this upcoming Philly series, which I think is going to be uh, genuinely pretty exciting because Bryce Harper, here, and here's my take. Here's my other take that could get me canceled. Y'all, and I'm not talking about you guys listening and the Padres fans because you guys are awesome. Y'all baseball fans love being prisoners of the moment. It was a week ago, and then everybody immediately said Bryce Harper's winning the MVP. Tatis just doesn't play enough. I'm like, okay, yeah, but 
are we going to ignore that Bryce Harper also missed a decent chunk of the season? It wasn't his fault. He, I mean, it's never injuries are never anyone's fault, per se. He literally got hit in the face. But, like, you know, I'm just saying. Now, he's been otherworldly this month, but it's like, come on, guys, give it a second. Give it a second. And I've been on record saying that I think that Tatis um, should not concede. That's the wrong word. But he should be second in MVP if the Phillies win the division and if their stats aren't that far apart from each other. If the discrepancy is still is so big enough... And give it to Tatis, man. And you saw today why. Hitting those two home runs coming off the IL. Just awesome, awesome stuff. So I'm just saying, for all you guys, stop being prisoners of the moment. You know what I mean? It's just stop. Stop, 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 stop it. You know what I mean? If Tatis stays healthy enough and they win enough games and he puts up the numbers, he's probably going to hit like 45 home runs at this rate. Um, then I, I don't think it's too much of a discussion. But we'll have to sit and see. Uh, but yeah. With that all being said, guys, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Be sure to rate the podcast on the Apple Podcasts app, five stars, and in the review description, little review column place, put your uh, question that you might have, and I guarantee you I will answer it. Be sure to follow the Twitter page for the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My Friar Faithful homies, take care.